What's up, cybersecurity and cryptocurrency homies? Today is February the 28th of 2019. This is episode 62 of the Cybersecurity and Cryptocurrency Podcast. I'm your host, Eric English. We got a lot of things that have happened over the last week or so, and there's definitely a lot of cool news stories that have just come out. And so we got all kinds of things to talk about today. First of all, in cybersecurity, there's some new hacks on what they call bare metal cloud servers that we'll talk about. Also going to talk a little bit about TurboTax and what happened with them. Some other news here, we're going to talk about Drupal and more issues with that. And then last thing in cybersecurity, we're going to talk about Google ditching passwords. In Ethereum, or I'm sorry, in crypto, we're going to talk about Ethereum. They're a big Constantinople upgrade and what you need to know about that. Also going to talk about SoFi and what they're doing in the crypto space. Some other news in crypto. We're going to talk about the new Exodus phone that just came out. Supposedly it's a blockchain phone, so we'll talk about that a little bit. We'll also talk about the Samsung blockchain phone as well. We'll also talk about Coinbase and some new listings that they've got. And last but not least, kind of a crossover story. We'll talk a little bit about CoinHive and what's going on there. All right, to kick things off, we will start with cybersecurity. We'll talk about this bare metal servers attacks that have been happening or that at least researchers have found. And essentially how this works is when you provision some sort of cloud service, whether it's AWS or SoftLayer or whoever it is, they provision you systems that have already been used by another customer, right? It's very simple stuff. They're just rotating the stuff to the next person and reusing the same gear. Well, researchers found that if you are able to modify the essentially the firmware, the system firmware or the BIOS and put a little payload in there, regardless if they wipe the system, typically they don't wipe the firmware and that, thus leaving that back door or that bug or that payload in that system so that when it gets reused, the next customer is now potentially affected by this and could be hacked. So this was all tested at IBM SoftLayer. So they may not do the same thing everywhere, but uh, certainly is interesting. They're, they call it the BMC firmware. Anyway, it's essentially like a BIOS, if you will. Basically just planting a little bug on there and people can pretty much change whatever they want to about the system itself, put it in a back door, give themselves remote access, whatever they want to do. So I thought that was kind of interesting, especially for everybody that's moving to the cloud-based stuff. Uh, that's certainly a, a big concern there if you're heavily cloud-based and you want to think, hey, our stuff is secure in the cloud. Well, hopefully it is. Hopefully this bug gets fixed pretty soon. Or you know, maybe the cloud providers just need to wipe the firmware on these things as well, as well as wiping the disks and everything. Anyway, that was a cool story there. So if you've if you got a lot of AWS stuff or specifically IBM SoftLayer stuff, look for an announcement from them on how they plan on mitigating this type of attack. All right, some other news here about Intuit or TurboTax. 
so these are some sensational headlines here and frankly i don't like that but all that happened here you may see the news article that uh, an undisclosed number of turbotax users were access their accounts were accessed by an unauthorized party the only thing that happened here was credential stuffing that's it turbotax didn't get breached turbotax did not get hacked the issue here is the reuse of passwords and all these other breaches that have happened if you've used one of those passwords and you know that's been breached and posted on the dark web they take all those passwords and they do their credential stuffing attacks and try every single password combination that they possibly can from a list of known used passwords until they get the right one so apparently hackers got into quite a few of these TurboTax accounts and um away you go but you know if you see the the headline of some of these articles they say TurboTax got hacked and no it didn't people just use poor passwords and don't use a different password on every site they go to and this kind of thing happens one more reason to get multi-factor if you don't already use it you can set it up on TurboTax as well set it up on everything especially if you use crappy passwords or you use the same password everywhere you go all right some other news here about drupal man if you're not familiar with drupal it's basically like a wordpress but not wordpress um seems like every time we turn around there's a new drupal vulnerability it's been uh pretty significant vulnerabilities that have come out with the drupal platform and there's a, a recent release of some vulnerabilities and it only took hackers about three days to start exploiting it in the wild so if you use drupal it's time to patch that thing and or just get completely away from it it seems like drupal is much more of a hassle than it is anything else wordpress i will say has gotten a lot better over the years as far as vulnerabilities go most of the vulnerabilities are in the plugins that you install in wordpress not wordpress itself so anyway if you're using drupal now might be a good time to either patch it or switch over to maybe wordpress or something right get you something that's uh, less vulnerable and less susceptible to getting hacked all right the last thing in cybersecurity. i saw an article the other day about Google and what they're doing with the FIDO2 certification on their Android 7 phones and above. So FIDO2 is essentially using your fingerprint or biometrics and a PIN number. So, and FIDO stands for Fast Identity Online, by the way. But, you know, I guess this is great and all that we don't have to remember passwords anymore based on this, you know, FIDO standard. However, a PIN number is worse than just about any of this stuff. So why would they allow a PIN number and not go biometric only? I don't I don't quite understand that, but I understand the need to get away from passwords, but a PIN number is just as bad. So while I applaud their, you know, attempt to start getting away from passwords, why the hell are we using a PIN number? Oh man. Especially if it's like a four digit PIN. I mean, come on, those can be cracked in minutes just doing sheer brute force attacks. So anyway, I, I really hope that this moves to biometrics only, but apparently you're going to be able to log into not only the devices, which we can already do. Same thing on iPhones. You can log in with biometrics. 
uh, but also you can log into websites and you can see that like if you have a, a online banking app for example like chase or whatever and you log into their app it asks you for your fingerprint and it continues logging you in a lot of services do that now with android and apple so we're already really doing that quite a bit but Google's essentially trying to push away from passwords because there's just so many that are getting compromised. And, you know, I think that's great, but get away from the damn PIN numbers too, man. That's that's not a good thing. So if you use a PIN number, you need to switch to biometrics on your Android or your iPhone if you don't already have that. Uh, iPhone has the Face ID, and it's pretty good. Um, I will say the Android Face ID is not nearly as fast um, so I prefer to use uh, fingerprint biometrics on that, but it's a personal preference. But I thought that was kind of, I mean, it's a its a good thought in theory, but using a PIN number basically, you know, defeats all security because that's such an easy thing to brute force. So anyway, all right, jumping over to cryptocurrency. Ethereum, the long-awaited Constantinople fork finally happened today if you didn't notice it you probably didn't notice it and most people won't notice it other than the exchanges and coinbase and a lot of these places have paused all ethereum transactions until the fork is complete but there were some pretty big code updates in this um, after the constantinople fork which introduced uh, quite a big bug that they, uh, the Ethereum folks came back and patched. So after the Constantinople one gets deployed, then the follow-up one is, is called St. Petersburg. By the way, both of which have been deployed already and they're live. Uh, St. Petersburg was the follow-up to Constantinople to fix the major vulnerability in Constantinople. So interesting stuff there. Um, so Constantinople is essentially preparing for proof of stake. Uh, that's a big part of this, and that's going to be a radical change in Ethereum as a whole. But that's what they're starting to lean to. Now, it's not at pr proof of stake yet, but that's where they're trying to get to um, in the coming months, maybe years. So get ready, miners. Miners out there, this... This fork does affect you as well. They're lowering the block reward yet again. So with the Byzantinium fork that happened previously, it went from the block reward went from five Ethereum down to three. This one goes from three down to two. So definitely affects mining. If you're out there still mining for crypto, um, Ethereum just got a lot harder. And the rewards are going to be a lot less, unfortunately. So they did delay the difficulty bomb for another 12 months as part of this as well. But certainly unfortunate for people that have been mining for Ethereum this whole time. Hopefully you've saved up a bunch and just you can sit there and hold on to it. The price of Ethereum's kind of held steady since this code update has taken place. I haven't seen a whole lot of fluctuation in the market today. Uh, right now it's sitting at $134. So... Not too bad. It's way down from where it was, but 
in the grand scheme of things, not too bad. Uh, Bitcoin is at $3,793, so that's still up there pretty high. So all in all, we're doing pretty good. Uh, Bitcoin the other day hit 4000 It was brief. I believe it was on Sunday last week. Uh, so it was very brief, though, but it did get up above 4000 again. So that's a good sign for the crypto market. We were quickly right back down under three under four thousand again, so it's unfortunate, but at least there is some movement up, some trending upwards in the price of Bitcoin. So it's good. It's good stuff overall. Alright, some other news in crypto. If you've heard of the loan company called SoFi, well they are also gonna start offering crypto trading through Coinbase. So I thought that was just kind of interesting more than anything. Uh, so if you're already a SoFi customer, apparently you can take advantage of this crypto trading through Coinbase. You know, personally, why not just go to Coinbase and do your crypto trading anyway by yourself without using SoFi? I don't know. But anyway, I thought that was cool to see that SoFi is a pretty, they're a pretty big loan company. And to see them partnering with a company like Coinbase to do some crypto stuff, I think that's good for the crypto space in general all right now to the really really confusing stuff the crypto or blockchain phones that have been coming out so electronium announced that they're releasing a smartphone that mines for crypto in the cloud in the cloud mining for crypto not on your phone so that means you're you're basically paying for a phone to do nothing more than connect to a cloud app that mines for you. It's like using NiceHash. If you're familiar with NiceHash, you can buy or rent hashing power and point it at any uh, you know mining pool and mine away. So I'm not sure the need for these smartphones. Uh, Samsung says that they're also going to have some blockchain stuff built into their Galaxy S10 phone. Uh, there's also another phone from, uh, I believe it's HTCS. They're calling it Exodus. Uh, it's a blockchain phone as as well. And, you know, really it's like, why why do we need all these? I mean, especially with people that lose their phones or they break their phones to where they're unusable. You know, if you think about that, if you've got all your crypto on your phone and you drop it and it completely shatters to where it's unusable, well, guess what? You can't get your crypto stuff back. So that's where this kind of stuff is, you know, a little scary to me. But uh, nonetheless, don't fall for the gimmicks when they say that, you know, you can mine for crypto in the cloud. Well, you can do that anyway. Electronium has an app in the Google Play Store and the Apple Store. All you have to do is download that app, log in, and click the button to mine in their cloud. And it does nothing on your phone whatsoever. It's connecting to the cloud and mining there. Um, so, but HTC came out with their Exodus phone. And apparently there's a lot of phone or a lot of uh, cryptos built into the phone or accepted for the phone. Um, like Litecoin and uh, the Binance token, BNB token. And apparently HTC has a decentralized chief officer. I thought that was an interesting job title there. Uh, who knew that was a new, a new title there? <laughs> kind of funny the HTC phone is 700 bucks and it's only sold online 
So anyway, just be very cautious with some of this stuff. You know, a lot of it is gimmicky and really not necessary. You know, there are, you know, uh, Bitcoin apps and wallet apps for your phone. So technically, you're still doing blockchain stuff on your phone if you just download their apps. You know, uh, like Electronium has their app. You can download that. Um, Electrum has an app for Bitcoin. You can download that, so on and so forth. Coinami is another one. There, there's so many of these uh, app-based wallets for your phones that you're, I mean, you're still technically doing blockchain stuff on your phone there. So I'm not sure what the need is for this blockchain-based phones, but they are all the rage here all of a sudden but don't fall for the for the gimmicks it's a lot like the you know the hardware wallets hardware wallets are nothing special and you're not actually taking your coins out of the blockchain at all all you're doing is storing your private keys so anyway thought that was interesting don't fall for some of those gimmicks just because it says blockchain doesn't mean that you should buy it all right some other news here about coinbase coinbase Guess what? They're going to start allowing users to buy and sell XRP or Ripple. And actually, they've already started allowing this on the Coinbase Pro trading platform. And you know what that means? When they add it to their Coinbase Pro, pretty soon it's going to be in their standard Coinbase app for everybody to use. So that's cool news because Ripple has been very steady it's gotten a lot of market share and it's definitely a good uh, coin to stock up on and, and hold so it's great to see that coinbase is going to start allowing that trading through their platform and then soon we'll be able to buy it and sell it and uh, keep it all in that uh, coinbase app so very cool stuff there i'm excited about it at least i've been a big fan of ripple for a long time so this is great Long time coming, you know, Coinbase, for a while they only accepted two or three different cryptos. So it's great in general that Coinbase is finally expanding all the different cryptos that they will support now. So Ripple is coming, but it's already there on their Coinbase Pro trading platform. All right, last but not least, I have a crossover story. If you're not familiar with CoinHive, CoinHive is a is an online service to essentially allow you to put some code in your website to mine when users visit your site. So a user visits your website, they open up the page, this code runs on that user's computer, and it mines cryptocurrency for you. And the cryptocurrency that it's mining for is called Monero. Well, unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of this service was abused. I mean, you have to say that there were so many people that abused this service. They took it and used it maliciously and injected this code into all kinds of different sites that they weren't supposed to. So it was very controversial, to say the least. But CoinHive did announce today that they are shutting their doors and closing the service. Very unfortunate. I did. I was a big fan of it. I thought that it was just kind of cool in general. I used it a little bit, but I haven't used it in quite a while. But... Essentially, they were saying the big drop in hash rate and the and the price drop in general. Apparently, there was an 85% drop in Monero value. There was also a, a hard fork 
with Monero as well. So all these factors lead to them closing their doors. This is going to happen on March the 8th of 2019. The mining will stop. You'll still have access to your dashboard until April the 30th of 2019. So sad to see that closing. I, I wish that they would have just changed the crypto that they're mining for. Um, maybe make it support the new Monero hard fork. That would be nice, right? But they just decided to go ahead and close the doors. And you did see this a lot with, you know, the, the market took that huge downturn this year, last year, excuse me. And it affected all of the cryptocurrency space. So Monero is no different. They lost 85% of their value there. So CoinHive and a lot of other crypto companies have decided to shut their doors. But it's kind of sad to see CoinHive close up. That was a cool cool product there but anyway that's all i got for today folks if you want to follow me on twitter i am at eenglish34 on twitter at eenglish34 check me out on there hit me up i retweet a ton of the articles that we talk about on this show also want to thank our sponsor southern graphics t-shirt company they got all kinds of funny stuff on their website funny t-shirts you can make business shirts custom polos jerseys you name it so go check them out. Their website is southerngraphicstshirtco.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you have a great day.